In 2 Peter 3, towards the end of the chapter, I want to begin a series of messages today that I, I'm very excited about. In, in one sense, it's, it's simple. On the other hand, it's just as profound and, and uh, wonderful as you, as you want to talk about. And the Lord showed me some things to share with you. I'm excited. Starting in the 17th verse, right there towards the end. Peter was writing and he said, Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this. Now, how many right off the top of your head know what he's talking about? No. How do you figure you'd find out? Re read the rest of Second Peter. You'll figure it out. Uh, you could do that on your own. But he's talking about things that pertain to our life in God. You know that would be true. He's talking about a variety of things. But he's, he's telling the people, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall. Notice that word fall, fall from your secure position. Do we have a secure position? Amen. Four people think we do. We talked about a place in God where the wicked one touches you not, where you're protected, where you're kept, where you're safe. That would be a secure position, right? What's Peter saying? Don't fall from that. Don't fall from that. Okay, verse 18. But grow. Everybody say grow. Notice that. Underline it, whatever you do. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're given two scenarios in these two different verses. One scenario, falling backward. The other scenario, what is it? Growing. Growing up, moving forward. I want to begin to talk to you today about achieving spiritual growth. How to grow. Growing spiritually. Do you know that any person who comes to Jesus Christ does so as a result of what we would call a revelation that they received. In other words, the light flipped on on the inside of you. You saw Jesus for who he was. You came to Christ as a result of that revelation. Uh, with a lot of people, the only light that they have, the only thing that they saw is just simply that, that they're forgiven. In other words, that Jesus is their Savior. Well, now many of you have grown and you realize that there are a there is a lot more to God than just being forgiven. Is that right? But so that's a minimal amount of revelation. But thank God for it. It's all you need to get in. Now, aren't you glad that the Lord made it nice and easy? Huh? You have but you have to see Jesus for who he is. You have to see you for who you are. Amen. Without him, you just receive what he's done. And if you can see that and believe it and act on it, you're in. You're in. Well, now other people, when they come to Christ, they may have a more complete revelation of who Jesus is. They may, they may have been in a service, for instance, and during that service, they may have heard that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus will, will fill them with the Holy Spirit. 
and he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. They may have heard that Jesus is the healer and that he's a provider. And he, they may have heard a, a whole lot. And then at the end of the service, maybe an invitation was given. Do you want to receive Jesus? Well, they came in knowing a pretty decent amount in a short time. Amen. And then, then this, there's another group. There's people that maybe have just been very religiously educated all along. Maybe that was some of you. Uh, you started, I mean, you started out just learning a lot, but, but you never received Jesus during that time. How do there's a difference between going to church year after year, week after week, and just sitting there? Doesn't make you a Christian. Hmm? You could sit in a garage, that doesn't make you a Corvette. Right? Big difference. Sitting in church and never got anybody to heaven yet. It's a good place to sit to learn how to get there. And though there's, so there's some people, now those people maybe for some reason just never received Jesus. But then they do. Well, they got a decent foundation already under them. You, you see what I'm saying? Uh, but anyhow, you come in in one of those areas. And no matter which category a person's in when they receive Jesus, the next days, the next years through the rest of their life is going to be a process of either growing up or falling back. Growing up or, fall, or, or falling back. You know, Jesus came, he said, to give us life, right? Anything that's living is growing. Anything that's growing is changing. Notice when we hear in these verses, Peter did not give staying the same as an option, did he? One was falling back. One was growing up. You may say, well, what if we stay the same? You're falling back. Because the Bible commands us to grow up. Huh? Most Christians now never grow past the initial revelation that brought them to Christ. They never grow past what they got saved on. I mean, you just, you just go into churches. If, if you could take a survey... That's what you'll find. Most Christians, they, they found out this or, you know, in the first couple weeks that they got saved, that's as far as they're ever going to get. It's as far as they're ever going to grow. Not supposed to be that way at all. Let me give you some reasons. In fact, I'm just going to give you 10 reasons why Christians don't grow. Would you like to know those? If you see yourself in any of these, um, you should purpose in your heart that it's not going to stay that way. Right? Number one, these aren't in any particular order, and I'm not saying that these are the only ten reasons. These are just, these are just some reasons. Happen to be ten of them. Number one, reason why, people, why Christians don't grow, they aren't really Christians. They aren't really Christians. What am I talking about? They affiliate with a religion called Christianity, uh, like you and I would affiliate with the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. You, know, you understand? It's an affiliation but that's not the same, like we started to say earlier, that's not the same as being born again on the inside, like Jesus said. Don't you know that Jesus said, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Why do people reject that? Hmm? Well, we know why the enemy would, would uh, work on ministers and all different ones to say, oh, we don't need that. Jesus said you must. How strong can, you, can your language get? Guys, think about it. If it's not too embarrassing for you, you might consider this term born again. 
You know, he didn't say that. He said, you have to be, you have to be to enter and be with me. You got to be. If you're not, you, you have no part. Amen. And so probably one of the one of the main reasons why a lot of, well, we won't call them Christians, but people that affiliate say, say, I'm, I'm part of this. Maybe go to church every Sunday. That's not the same as receiving Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Well, you know why they don't grow? Seed never got planted. Seed's not in there. Amen. I mean, they, you know. Number two, reason why Christians don't grow, they starve spiritually. They starve spiritually. I'm not going to stop and elaborate on all these. I'm just going to read them to you because we'll, we'll get into a lot of this. Number three, they never took the time, never made the effort to develop a relationship with their heavenly father. No relationship developed. Now, fourthly, another reason why Christians don't grow, they never saw the importance of growing up in the things of God. Some think it's okay. Just, you know, okay, I made the decision. I walked the aisle. What more do you want? Number five, another reason why Christians don't grow. They were poisoned spiritually through false teaching. Well, I'm going to know if poison is part of your diet as a kid, you're not going to grow like you should. You may grow another ear, something out the side of your head if you're eating poison. Number six, here's a big one. They were hearers of the word only. They never acted on it. They weren't doers of the word. Well, all these are big, aren't they? Number seven, they esteemed their own intellect, education, opinions, and the wisdom of man above the things of God. I need to say that again. Some of you are right, and I see. They esteemed their own intellect, education, and opinions, and the wisdom of man, all of which are fine and okay, but not above the things of God. Do many people do that? Yes. Well, I know the Bible says that, but my opinion is that, that needs to be uh, immediately and drastically reversed. <laughs> Number eight, well, see, here's another big one. They became offended and never got over it. Do you know how many, I can't even tell you, how many Christians I've met over the years who are not in church, who are not really serving God because of something the pastor did, they thought. <laughs> and maybe something that the pastor did. Are you going to let a pastor keep you from serving God your whole life? Hmm? I mean, if you find out, if you find out that I had five other women, which is not true. <laughs> I got my hands full with, I got my hands full with one beautiful. <laughs> that would be wrong. I would need, I should step down. I would, I would be, I would need to be uh, talked to strongly. It would, it would mess a lot of things up. But is it going to keep you from serving God? No. Amen. And guess what I'm not going to do? 
Amen. Not five other guys either. <laughs> Became offended and never got over it. Number nine, they were Lone Ranger Christians. Lone Ranger Christians, they never drew the strength they needed from godly relationships. A, a, a pastor, church family. A lot of people don't grow because of that. Number 10, they stayed worldly or carnal or flesh ruled, never became spiritual. Why don't you turn and we'll just read this. Turn to hold your place in Second Peter. Turn to First Corinthians three. Can you tell already this is going to be good? <laughs> Amen. I know you'll be blessed. And it's not because I'm, I think I'm smart. You know, I couldn't put together a good sermon if it just depended on me and my abilities. I couldn't hang two scriptures together. I've tried to go directions without God before. It just is a mess. So bad. But he's good. His word is good. First Corinthians three. I want you to see some terms that Paul uses here. Now, now the, the Corinthian church was a mess. I mean, aren't you glad God went to, uh, I mean, God sent Paul to a place like Corinth. Corinth was like, you know, Las Vegas and New York City combined. I mean, and Rio de Janeiro. I mean, it was just the, the most sinful of cities. But we got, we got a good church going there back then. Paul said, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual. You see that. But as worldly, mere infants in Christ. Paul's frustrated about something. Um, and you could keep reading there, but I just wanted you to see that. Turn back to Second Peter. Paul said, guys, I couldn't talk to you on a certain level. You were acting like babies. I had to talk to you like babies. You weren't spiritual. You were what? Worldly, depending on what translation you have, carnal. But what did Peter tell us to do? Verse 18, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're all supposed to grow up. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, look at him in the eyes and say, would you please grow up? I'm going to talk to you today about the goal of our growth here. How many have ever bought a package of seeds to plant? When you go to the store and you buy a package of seeds, what is on the front of that package in most, most cases? A picture, a picture, not of the seeds. <laughs> right? Not of the seeds. A picture of what it's going to look like grown up. A picture of what it looks like mature. Now, if they didn't put that picture on there, I would not be able to buy seed. Now, I don't buy seeds to begin with. OK, that's just not my that's not my uh, inclination. I appreciate what gets planted, but um, they put that picture there for a reason. 
because they're real confident that given the right environment, given the right conditions, you're going to end up with that. Huh? All the time. They put it on every single package. What if you had what if you bought a package of seed? It, it had the name, the Latin name written down there and, and then a, then like a little frame for the picture with a question mark. It's printed there. We don't know what it'll look like. Or if they or if they put on the on the package a picture of this gorgeous plant, but then down at the bottom, they do what they they put what they put on those diet commercials and different things. Uh, yeah, not typical. And past performance is no guarantee of future results. You'd have no confidence in that seed at all. But they put that on there. That picture. Is the goal. That's the goal of, of your growth. You're in Second Peter. Would you look at First uh, Peter? If you don't know what First Peter is, let me just tell you that number one comes before number two. So it's the book before Second Peter. I figured that out by myself. Just like that bag of seed, the Word of God gives us a picture of what we're supposed to look like, full grown, mature spiritually. In the 23rd verse, it says this, you have been born again. How many would say, Pastor, I have been born again. All right. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The word of God is called imperishable seed. Have you ever planted a seed uh, some corn seed or something like that, and some of it was bad. Is it possible for, for vegetable seed and some other kind of plant seeds, for some of them not to produce, some of them not to come up? Do you know that that is not a possibility with the Word of God? It is imperishable seed, and you might get some other seed that was bad, but with God, the seed is always good. It's never a problem with the seed being bad. If you want to grow spiritually, you need to plant the seeds of the word of God into the ground of your heart. And it'll produce revelation like we talked about. It'll produce faith. And when you act upon that, it causes the growth to take place. But let's talk here about the goal. You know, without a goal, there can be no real growth. One of the great things about godly families you know, when, when a little boy and a little girl comes into the, to the world, they're supposed to be able to get a good picture the whole way of what I'm going to grow into. This is a man. This is a woman. This is a husband. This is a wife. And when those kids grow up and get there, they're supposed to, they're supposed to have a lot of that in them. Amen. Why? They've been looking at the picture on the front of the package the whole way. Now, I realize some of the pictures you had to look at were not too good and didn't really represent what you're supposed to become. But that's why you have a heavenly father. He'll give you the right picture. I mean, do you realize that God created Adam and Eve full grown for a reason? Because they didn't have any mommy and daddy. They might have grown up thinking someday I'm going to become one of them giraffes. Someday I'm going to become, you know, one of those elephants or something like that. 
Why? You become what you behold. What you're looking at all the time is what you will turn into. If you don't believe that's true, take inventory. Go ahead and look back and see what you have become. Amen. Uh, have you ever seen an aspiring athlete? Somebody that wants to become an athlete. What's all over the walls of their room? Pictures of their heroes not sitting on the bench with a towel over their head. We didn't make it. Right? If you, I mean, if your hero is a wide receiver, you, sh they sh you have pictures in your room of a one-handed catch in the end zone. Is that right? If, it's, if, it's, if your hero... Now, see, we're going to get to the place soon where some little kids don't even know who Michael Jordan is. But everybody remembers Michael Jordan here. I mean, if, if that's your hero, you don't have a picture of him, you know, on the floor after somebody fouled him. You got a picture of him where his head is equal to or above the rim, 10 feet in the air, right? Smiling as he stuffs the ball down there. <laughs> that's your goal. Have you ever been in a business and you go into some of the employee areas and everything is graphs, everything is production charts, everything, this is where we want to get to. You know, you got the thermometer that they draw and this is, we're almost there. We're going to color another part red. That's the goal. Turn to Ephesians 4 and I want to show you the goal that we're given in the Word of God. Do you know most Christians know that they're supposed to grow? But very few have an idea and a clear picture of what the goal is. So growth is real minimal. I mean, I won't ask for a show of hands, but are there any of you that are just not quite sure what I'm talking about? What is our goal? Huh? <laughs> what is our end zone? What is our basket? Ephesians chapter four. You're going to find out your goal. Oh, this is a great day. Happy day. Look in the 13th verse. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Perfect if you have an older translation, but that word perfect doesn't mean that you never mess up. It means mature. Come mature, attaining to... Here's the goal, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now we need to keep reading verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants sucking your thumb, wetting your spiritual diapers, huh? Making a mess. Tossed back and forth by the waves. You ever met a Christian that's tossed back and forth? You call them a yo-yo Christian or a roller coaster Christian. They're up one day, they're all the way down the next day, huh? If you could ever get them on a straight road, they'd be worth something. But it's just so easy. Toss back and forth. Boom. Over here. No, maybe I believe this. Well, no, this one. This, this, I like this church today. This is back and forth, up and down. Huh? You ever heard that saying, the rolling stone never gathers any moss? Anyway, you got to get planted to grow. I said, you got to get planted. To go. And you, you know how many know you can't plant a garden, get some good plants in there, and then dig it up and yank it up and see how it's growing. 
It has to stay planted, huh? Sunday after Sunday, I mean, uh, day after day, all the time, if you want growth. Well, no longer infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Look at verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. You and I, everybody, are supposed to grow up with our goal and our standard being total Christ-likeness. We're supposed to be just like Him, just like Jesus. Do you know how many Christians do not believe that is remotely possible at all? Is it possible to be like Jesus? Well, the Word says so. We read it in more than one verse. I'm going to give you two more verses before we, before we dismiss here. It is possible. Not only is it possible... It's, it's a goal for you. It's everyone. It's our standard. You know, your standard is not to be like another Christian. Hmm? That's shooting way too low. I don't care if they're Billy Graham. You, you don't have the plan on you, the, the call of God on your life, and you don't have plans for your life like Billy Graham has for his life. Yours are better for you. You're the only one that can run your race. You know why? Because you do your race better than anybody. Nobody can do it like you can do it. That's why God gave it to you. Come on. You're winners ahead of time. One in a million. I heard a preacher say once, you know, talking about how we're winners, not losers. When your mom and daddy came together and you were conceived, there was a race. And millions of little seed. We're in that race. I'm not being too graphic. But only one won. You! You started out in life beating the odds. Million to one. You beat him. Glory to God. You're a winner. You're not a loser. You're a winner. You can do it. Look at First John. We'll, we'll look at these scriptures here and... Pick up with some of this next week. First John. I didn't make the announcement that this Friday night is blitz. Talk to Keisha. Keisha, you find out who's coming, who's not coming. All right. While you're turning, I just put that in there. First John 2. We're talking about our goal. What are you supposed to become? If you don't know, if you don't have a picture of it, how could you ever know if, you reached, if you're reaching it or not? How could you ever know if you're growing towards it or not? Got to see the goal. 1 John 2, verse 6. Well, back up and look at, look at the last sentence. And, well, look at verse 5. If anyone obeys God's word, that's you, right? That's me. God's love is truly made complete in him. Now it says, this is how we know we are in him. Well, I'm interested. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. As Jesus did? 
didn't even think that was possible. It's possible. You're, it's, it's not only possible, it's normal Amen. for the Christian. Now, people are thinking, my God, he raised Jairus' daughter. He did all this stuff. Yeah, and he said, the works, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. But don't let that scare you either. He did it led by the Spirit. You know, if God leads you to raise a dead person, you'll know it. You'll know it. It's not going to be a surprise. Oh, look what happened. That's not how that works. But you know what? He was the whole body of Christ. Now we're all the body of Christ. That's You can easily see how we'll do greater works. It's spread out. There's more of us. Amen. You must walk. I must walk as he walked. Go to chapter 4. If that threw you, this is really going to mess you up. Chapter 4. Verse 17. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. King James says, as he is, so are we in this world. What are you and I supposed to be like? Just like him. You might be look, thinking about yourself today and think, I don't know that I'm just like him. Well, you're, are you done growing then? No. Do you know that nobody is born just like Jesus? Spiritually speaking. Do you know that this, you're really gonna have to pay attention to this. Jesus wasn't born just like Jesus. One more, one more passage. You okay with that? Luke chapter two. Jesus wasn't born just like the Jesus you see in the Gospels. Except for the part where he was born. Guess how he got that way? Amen. Luke 2. But in verse 40, the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And of course, I realize that he's talking about the fact that he physically grew, but that's not all. Huh? He wasn't he didn't come out of the womb filled with wisdom and the grace of God on him. He grew into it. He grew up. Look at the 52nd verse, 52nd verse. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. How did Jesus become like Jesus? He grew. Amen. Well, listen, he got there pretty quick. But I mean, he started in ministry at 30 years old. He was doing well. I mean, pretty well. After that miracle with the water turned into wine, it, it, things kind of took off quick for him. Amen. He was acting just like Jesus. But he didn't start that way. And you know, just because 30 years passed doesn't mean you're going to grow either. The passage of time alone does not create growth. It's what you do during the time. 
Glory to God. What are you and I supposed to be doing? We're not supposed to be falling back. We're not supposed to be being led off, led astray. We are supposed to purpose in our hearts to grow in grace and in knowledge of Jesus. Why? So we can reach our goal. Huh? We're supposed to become like him. Like him. Glory to God.